and you are hiring people that match your values and you're hiring people that fit into those values, if you're worried about the types of things that they're going to be posting, you don't have a problem with the things they're posting. You have a problem with your people. Or You're listening to the Marketing Millennials Podcast. I'm Emily Ferguson. And I'm Daniel Murray. Get ready, because we're taking you on a journey with today's marketing leaders and tomorrow's top stars. Let's go! No BS, just a fun, unfiltered industry conversation with the game changers behind some of the coolest companies from around the globe. The one request we tell our guests... Stories or didn't happen. A big welcome to our marketing fam. Prepare to turn the f*** up. We are back with another episode of The Marketing Millennials. Today, I'm joined with the personal branding queen, Amelia Sordell, founder of Clout, a personal branding agency, and Socially Uncommon, a B2B social media agency. We chat about why it's important to get internal employees and leaders to start building their brands. Hey, Amelia, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. You're actually the first Marketing Millennials guest to come back twice, so this is exciting. I feel honored to be uh, to be asked back again. I'm glad I made such an impression the first time around. Yeah, your episode is actually one of the top episodes that we have on the podcast, so I'm excited to talk about this topic today, though, about why it's important for executives and companies to promote personal brands internally and why is this a competitive advantage for them? So I want to just dig in and maybe can give you a little intro for people who don't know you and then we can start rifting on this topic. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Amelia Sordell. I run a personal branding agency called Clout. Um, We build personal brands for uh, C-suite executives, CEO founders and their teams as well, but predominantly for for uh, C-level members for the point of thought leadership and for generating brand awareness and positioning themselves as an employer of choice and all those good things that come with thought leadership and, and strong personal brands. And I guess the kind of strategic advantage that building out leadership's personal brands has is that an individual within a business has 10 times the reach of a company brand online. So when you think of that in terms of getting in front of customers, getting in front of potential employees, like getting in front of potential investors, if you are a startup, and we actually work with a lot of startups on it for that reason. If the people within your business have 10 times the reach individually of your company brand, then it makes sense as a strategic marketing tactic to empower and employ your leadership team as well as everyone else underneath them to build their personal brand. Yeah, that's so true. Like if you see like the popular personal brands out there, Virgin has only like 200K followers, but Richard Branson has a few million and Sarah Blakely from Spanx has over a million and Spanx only has like whatever, 50,000 or something like that. Like on LinkedIn, for example, like people follow people. They they don't like really follow like companies. So a lot of people that I like talk to, it's like, how do I, if I'm working in a company, get my like executives to buy into this? So like, how do you get like executives to buy into like this personal branding stuff? Because like, if I'm a marketing manager, 
and I want the, my executives on to be part of the journey. Like, how do we get buy-in from those those type of people? Yeah, I, I can relate to that. And I guess there's a couple of answers to this question that will kind of tie back to the same thing. I mean, I want to kind of dig down a little bit into what you said there a minute ago around, you know, Richard Branson having 18 million followers, I think he has, and 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 the Virgin page only having sort of 207,000. I think Sarah Blakely is like 1.7 and Spanx is 54,000. Dan Price at Gravity Payments is like 100,000. And actually the company page is sort of 34,000. So when you look at the numbers of followers, like those vanity metrics, like that is an initial case that you can bring to senior leadership to say, hey, this is why it's so important for you to be building out your personal brand. The second thing that I would I would sort of encourage and this is how I personally got leadership in my previous employment round to personal branding is I started doing it myself. So instead of asking for permission, I just did it and came to them with the evidence after the fact. I appreciate not everyone is wired that way, but I am definitely a apologize you know after rather than ask permission kind of girl and that really served me because it meant that when I did go to the CEO and the CMO and say hey I've actually managed to do this with my personal brand look at all the inbound business I'm winning you know I have now more followers in the company page and I'm the marketing manager that then armed me with a huge amount of kind of kudos for them to consider personal branding as actually a good idea internally, if that made sense. And I think also when you're a, when you're a, say, if you're listening to this and you're a marketing manager and you're working within a business and you're trying to convince people on a top level to do anything in marketing, least of all trying to roll out personal branding, which I think a lot of people think is a, is an ego driven activity rather than a strategic kind of marketing tactic. If you're trying to convince anyone of anything, you've got to talk their language, right? You've got to come at it from a, from a place of how can I position this in a way that is going to make sense to both me and the person that I'm trying to convince, right? So, and the reason I say that is it's much easier to convince someone to do something that you want to do if they think it's their idea. <laughs> so position it in the language that they understand, I think you'll be in a much better spot. And that might be that you come at it with numbers, or it might be that you come at it with reach, or it might be that you come at it with the evidence that you've pulled together off the back of your own personal brand. But I think it's important that you make your case and you make it hard because without top line buy-in it's really really difficult to roll it out internally yeah that's true like anything if you get top the the execs to buy in it's really easier and they're the example setters of the company to do it and that brings me to a good point like the opposite question is like i'm an exec how do i inspire employees to like start building their personal brand and give give them the opportunity to do it. Like, what do I do? That's a great question. Actually, we recently just worked with an executive who has seven hundred sixty thousand followers. Like, crazy amount of nearly a million followers on LinkedIn himself. But actually, his team was super nervous about building up their personal brand. So. It's funny because it's normally the other way around, right? Normally it's the executives that are really against or kind of resistant to wanting to build their personal brand, but he already had a super strong personal brand and actually it was his team underneath him that was super nervous about it. So the way that we went around it with that was we trained up his internal team on how to build their personal brands, why it was important, why LinkedIn specifically was so powerful for them as a business. We equipped him with the knowledge that he had already, which is why he was doing it. And then we empowered his marketing team internally 
to facilitate the content creation for the team. So how we did that was the marketing manager in the business would send around a, a weekly roundup of content that they'd created internally or ideas that they'd come up with internally or pieces of information, lists, you know, journals, articles, all these different things that would be relevant to the target audience of the business. And they sent that around in an email to the business that so that everyone in the business had this incredible kind of Pandora's box of content that they could potentially share and be talking about that was not only relevant to their target audience, but felt good to them too, because they weren't having to worry about coming up with ideas. That's a really, a really good way to kind of work it from the top down. Yeah, I also heard um, Chris Walker talk about how he inspires people. And one thing he said he does is kind of gamifies it. So what he does is like, he basically says like, whoever can post the most like quality, like posts, quality to him, meaning like not just like a one line, like nothing to do with your brand or anything just to post, but like a quality post on your LinkedIn, like the, the winner gets like, a cash prize and it wasn't a big cash prize but it inspired a lot of his internal employees to start posting because it was like kind of a competition to do it i love you brought that up because we're actually running an internal competition right now (laughs) (laughs) we've got a very small team but we have a a bit a bit of a challenge going on between between the the team and we've worked it out on percentages so it's, a, it's based around the percentage increase of followers they can get between the 1st of March and the end of March. And whoever wins that competition wins some Zara vouchers. <laughs> so there's a lot of competition for people that are like, they, these people really want those Zara vouchers. I can assure you we are big Zara fans at Clout. So yeah, that gamification piece is huge. I mean, it, it's a way of incentivizing people that's got nothing really to do with the, the blockers that are in front of them, right? Like, if you have a carrot in front of a donkey, it's not going to see the thing that it has to jump over to get the carrot. It's going to keep chasing the carrot. So I think it's a great way to get people involved in building their personal brand. One thing I also see, though, with personal brands, and I'm interested to hear your take on this, is that companies are like forcing employees to post like their stuff instead of like them being like the person inspiring them to just build their personal brand. And it has like a effect on it because like, for example, if you're po- if I'm posting from Service Titan, my name says Daniel Murray at Service Titan, but I'm not posting anything about Service Titan. But every time I post, Service Titan is in my name, so like they get recognition whether they like it or not. So like I think one of the big issues, which there's also an issue like helping people post things if they want to post things about the company because they're excited about it. But I'm interested like. What are your thoughts on this? Because I think this is one of the biggest mistakes with the employee advocacy programs is like, it's just basically them posting links about the company and it's like not anything to do with their personal brand anymore. Yeah, so I have quite strong feelings about this. I think if you're going to hire people and you are hiring people that match your values and you're hiring people that fit into those values, If you're worried about the types of things that they're going to be posting, you don't have a problem with the things they're posting. You have a problem with your people or worse, you have a problem with yourself, right? Because you can't seem to relinquish control of your company or whatever it is on the, God knows what you think these people are going to be posting that's going to in some way impact, negatively impact your business. What most corporate businesses fail to understand is that people don't trust corporate faceless, you know, marketing anymore they just don't and so if you're going to hire people within your business that you're already paying to do a job that you're that already need to be there to do whatever it is that they need to do 
why wouldn't you want to take the billboard that is their personality, the billboard that is their LinkedIn profile and encourage them to create a brand around themselves? Because as you said, you might not be talking about anything to do with Service Titan, but everyone knows you as Daniel Murray from Service Titan. So Service Titan automatically is impacted by the brand in which you built. It doesn't matter um, that you're not posting anything to do with the business. In fact, I think it's better that you're not posting anything to do with the business because if you were only posting to do with the business, people would not be as interested in what you've got to say. And I think that's really where people are missing the mark. They're spending too much time worrying about how to control the message that's going out and not enough time encouraging their team to get a message out. Yeah, and one other thing I think is great about personal brands inside of companies is that like potential buyers could see and also potential people who are going to work there. So potential new like employees can see like, do I like the culture here? Like they, it gives a face to the brand that is hiding, like, which I think this is what the, the key is. And this is what like drifted in the early days. That's what Gong's doing. That's what some other, it's giving people like, like, oh, I want to like either work here because there's cool people working here, or I want to like this company is someone, oh, this these are people cool companies. I want to like invest and buy this product because I resonate with the values of the people that work in that company. Yeah, 100%. And I think this is an interesting point to make. I used to be a headhunter in the tech ecosystem. So I used to work in SaaS. That was my jam. And every single time I'd be speaking to a marketing manager or a sales director or whatever, and I was speaking to them about a role, you could hear like tap, 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 tap in the background. And you'd go, oh, you know, what are you doing? And they'd say, I'm just looking up the person. Before you'd even mentioned to them the company name, they were already on LinkedIn looking up the person, trying to see who the hiring manager was. They wanted to see how active they were, what they were talking about, how they came across. And so even as a frontline tactic of attracting the right headhunter candidates into your business, it's really, really important to build your personal brand as hiring managers and as leaders within a business. And the kind of case study to that is a business called The Go Agency. And you'll hear me talk about these guys all the time. I'm you know, the founders are awesome. Like we've, we've become kind of weird. Like, you know what LinkedIn's like, Dan, you'll become LinkedIn friends. We've become LinkedIn friends and you just create this amazing community around yourself on LinkedIn, all the people that are kind of building out their personal brands. And one of the things that the founder there or the co-founder there, Harry told me was when they started proactively investing in personal branding within the business, and that just wasn't of the, the founders that was of a lot of other people within the business as well. When they proactively invested in that, Not only did they increase their inbound applications from 50 per week to 900 per week within a six-week time frame, but they also improved the quality of those candidates. Those candidates were already already a better culture add or a value fit because they'd seen all these different personal brands online and felt that they were aligned to the business based on the content that they were pushing out. So you can imagine going from 50 okay applications to 900 bang on ones. But on top of that, they can attribute like three to four million pounds in direct revenue off the back of those personal brands. And they can track that. That's not a guess. They've tracked, traced three to four million pounds in direct revenue. So it's not just a sales activity. It's not just an, you know, this is a holistic solution to a problem that most businesses have, which is they don't have enough business and they don't have enough good people. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah, and I think that another thing that I realized that personal brands, and I just actually thought about this 
why it's good to have your employees and personal brands because now they can get connected with other marketers and come up with ideas and stuff like that. Also, like what you were saying for good people is like people come up to me at my company all the time and say, Hey, can you post like a job because you have a network now? And it's like, Oh, like, th- like that's a, a hidden thing. Like if I post and I, I've actually, I always put like a referral link, my referral link in my post for LinkedIn for like my post for my company post, because and it's not for me to actually get referral credit. It's for me to see like who came in through my post so I can go and reach out to them and say like, Oh, Hey, I saw you imply through my post. Like you would be a great fit for like service Titan. Why don't you do that? So I think like this, this is what people don't get is like, this is like exponential effect of like your employees are getting better because they're talking to more marketers and they're learning marketing and they're getting better at it. Cause as you grow your personal brand on LinkedIn, you learn, like you learn how to write content. You learn how to more about the the subject you're doing. You're, you're getting better. And you're also supporting your employees growth. Like your employee is growing now. Like, and that's something that will keep them saying like you as a company have to, just do everything to keep employees like and that's an internal thing if employees leave it's usually because one they're not getting grow growth opportunities or they find something better so you've got to be the best place if you want people to stay and also from an engagement perspective like visible leaders within a business are have a much more engaged workforce because it's just natural right you're more trustworthy you're vis- more visible you're more transparent so from that retention piece, not only is it a great attraction tool, but if you're attracting great quality talent, but then you're also keeping them because they trust you because they see you, you're visible. That's, I mean, that's a great play. These executives that have a lot of time, like how can executives like get people in the company to help them produce content? Cause they have a lot of time and like also keep it, also keep it authentic to themselves. Like, cause that's like what you lose. And when other people create content for you, it's like you, you lose your authenticity of it too. Yeah. So when we work with C-level leaders and, and boards and things, the easiest way to get around to doing this is if you get them to write an article. So get them to put together an article based on a topic that is interesting to them. This is after you figured out their sort of value. So to take it back a couple of steps, when we work with people and we encourage anyone doing this, whether you're working with us or not, if you're coming to kind of build your personal brand or it's something that you're thinking about doing, we really recommend that you come up with what you would like to be known for. And that's made up of two different things. The first thing is it's your values. Like what are your, what is you, what do you want your personal brand to stand for? Do you, do you want to be a challenger? Do you want to be educational? Like what, what is your tone of voice and what do you want people to feel when they read your content? And then the other side of that is your brand pillars. So what are the three or four topics that you want to be known for specifically and you feel like you're confident in talking about? For you, it's marketing, Daniel. For me, it's personal branding specifically, social media marketing, et cetera. So those are, that's what we kind of lay the foundations with. Now we have the tone of voice and how we want to make people feel and also the topics in which we're confident about. We can then start exploring topics with executives saying, hey, would you be interested in talking about this? Would you be interested in writing an article about that? Once you get them to agree and you set a time and, and you get them to write that article, once that article's written, all marketing needs to do is just make sure that the copy is okay. And then not only can they post that article on the website or on LinkedIn or wherever it needs to go, 
but they can then atomize that article into five to six to seven to eight to nine to 10 different micro posts that they can then share on LinkedIn or other platforms. And that is one of the most powerful ways to get leadership involved because all they then think is, okay, so one article a month, that's not so bad. I can deal with that rather than trying to force them to post three times a week, two times a week, whatever it might be. If you go, right, write this article, we will then split up the important bits and we will post those for you and then refer traffic back to to the article which you've written as well. So I think that's one of the most powerful ways in which you can kind of get around the time restraints that C-level leaders have. Yeah, that's a great point. I want to go into one thing that I saw on your Instagram that you're launching a B2B social media agency. And one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is this is like the connection of like how personal brands also like make B2B social media explosive. So from what I've seen, like, like Matthew Kovac at Fast, like he is the person behind the, the social media account for Fast but he also has a strong personal brand and with his personal brand, he brings up Fast's accounts. Like he brings up like Toby at the morning brew bring and the morning brew founders bring up the morning brew account. So this connection in B2B, especially of like personal brands and B2B social media playing together is a big thing. So I want to get your take on like how, what you've seen with this and like anything you want to drop about the new um, agency. Yeah, so we've launched Socially Uncommon, which is our B2B social media agency. And we've launched it because there's a huge demand from our clients that are working with us on personal branding to expand their social media, their company accounts, right? So they're getting loads of success with their personal brand. And now they feel like, you know, maybe the same methodology could be applied to to their company brand. So that's why we've launched Socially Uncommon, which is really, really exciting. We want to kind of be the I, th- I think we're kind of going with the angle of the, you know, the social media in the B2B arena sucks, right? And how many pages have you ever come across where it's like corporate jargon, PowerPoint presentations that have been turned into slide decks? And it's just like so vanilla and boring and the most uninspiring stuff that you've ever seen in your life. But the thing is, whether or not it's coming from a company page, people want to be just as inspired, just as connected, just as motivated as they do when they're looking at someone's personal page so you know why wouldn't you want to bring that personality to your company so that's the reason why we've launched socially uncommon in terms of like how they play into each other I kind of see company brands as sort of like the mothership if that makes sense like the company brand is like the the queen bee that is sitting in the hive and is making sure that all the workers are like really happy and like you know everything's working really well And the personal brands within the business are the worker bees that are out there getting the honey and they're like bringing everything back in. And so you need both to survive. You need both to have impact. You need both for that hive to grow and produce really great honey. Like you need both. I don't think you can have a really big, successful company brand without having an in today's day and age without having some strong personal brands within it but equally i think people that have strong personal brands typically come from companies that have got pretty big company brands and i think that's because it's a cultural thing right like personal branding and company branding is a cultural 
thing within a business like you don't just you don't just decide to have a really cool company brand it just happens right you have to chip 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 it away at it for a long time and find the right tone of voice and find the right audience and build the right community and and it's the same with personal branding it's exactly the same thing it's just from a slightly different angle it's a slightly different b to do yeah i think that also and this is mainly for like b2b because like the what happens with like b2c is they have more they reach millions like a taco bell like there's taco bells everywhere like a b2b company kind of works behind the scenes with a lot of things so like to be able to grow a b2b company there needs to be like the people working in there who are also like thought leaders and stuff like that. There's got to be like, why do I want to work with this company? Like, is there like, and people like buy from people that they trust and people buy from the people that they like. And that's like proven in like psychology. So like if you are building your personal brand and like, for example, like Alex Lieberman from morning brew, he's not posting about morning brew that actually not even that much at all, but every time he posts, they know like he's like associated with morning brew and it gives, makes people think about morning brew more. So it's like, it's very interesting to see. And he's actually kind of a, a B2B to C brand. Cause his newsletter reaches like kind of more consumers, but fast, for example, is like, there are Matthew Kobach and the, the CEO there, who are both building personal brands that are killing it are also like attracting great, like he was telling me how much great talent came in because of this, like his, his page grows rapidly because he has personal brands. So that's why it's just like, if you want to accelerate your B2B personal brand, I mean, a B2B social page, you need personal brands as well to be able to do both i think like i think that's like the 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 key to success and not a lot of people are doing it that's why you don't see it as often yeah and it kind of goes back to the seth godin sort of tribes and tribes you know ted talk doesn't it like you need to infiltrate people from where they already are and that's what personal brand does which is why it's so impactful for b2b marketing because you have now this incredible kind of tribe of people within your business that can go and infiltrate other tribes of your customers and get them aware and trusting and liking the people that are associated to your brand i mean perfect example of a b2c company actually that i think is elon musk right like he's Mm. one of the biggest personal brands out there but anytime he tweets he can affect tesla stock he can affect tesla's like purchases he can also affect like other things so it's like that's not good. I mean, obviously, there's the risk and reward factor of it because, like, if he does something stupid, Tesla goes down. But that's why you have multiple personal brands in a company. That's why, like, you don't invest in one person doing personal branding in the company because there's multiple faces in a company. Yeah, well, that's why I was going back to what I was saying earlier about having a culture of personal branding within a business because you need to have it's not it can't just be one person because otherwise the business then is that person and it's not two separate standalone things like i i run clout but i am not clout like there is a team behind clout that makes clout happen i think it's really important that you have a separation but there's still that tie if that makes sense so when they come onto daniel murray's page they see daniel murray works for service time when they come to amelia's page they see that amelia is a fan it's the founder of clout but amelia has her own standalone 
brand daniel has his own standalone brand but clout and service titan also have their own standalone brands and they all kind of work within an ecosystem rather than being one and the same yeah that's awesome and one thing i want to just go is just like what are like three to five things like if some if i was an executive listening or like a young person listening like what could i do to go start my personal brand if i'm working in a company right now so if you're working in a company and you want to build your personal brand, first things first, there's a, there's a few blockers that I imagine you'll probably be feeling right now. It might be fear of judgment. It might be not knowing where to say. It might be not knowing how to start, <laughs> finding the time. These are all like classic blockers for people. So I think the easiest place to start, particularly with building your personal brand on LinkedIn, is to go and start commenting on other people's stuff. And the easiest way to do this is to go into the search bar and um, type in a topic or a hashtag you know, relevant to the types of people you're trying to find and then just filter it by posts. And then that will just bring up all the posts that are within that criteria and you can start commenting on other people's stuff. I would recommend people doing that for 10 minutes a day. And the reason I say 10 minutes and not a number of posts to engage with is when you put a number to how many posts you need to engage with, you will just leave really crap comments. You'll go, great post, and then run. But what we really need you to be doing with engaging with other people's content is leaving a really insightful comment, a nice question, something that's going to add value to the conversation of that post, right? So spend 10 minutes a day doing that. And if that means you do one comment on one post, great. If that means you do five comments on five posts, even better. But it's just a time that you can set in your diary every single day to comment on other people's stuff. So that'd be the first thing. The second thing would be once you kind of built up your confidence in in commenting on other people's stuff and you're getting some traction... I would go back and repurpose the comments that you've left that have done well as your first post or your first post. And the reason I say that is if you've built up confidence from leaving comments on other people's stuff and you've started having conversations with people in the comment section, there's a good chance that there will be at least one or two comments that you've left that's got a really good response that you could then reuse as your own content that will likely get also a very good response if it's if it's the right audience. So That'd be my second thing. Third thing, consume content every single day. You cannot share content that is interesting, relevant, um, inspiring, et cetera, if you're not inspired yourself. So go and read Medium, go and live in podcasts, go and read you know, The Cut, go and sign up to everything that you need to sign up to, to just absorb all the information that you need to absorb. And yeah, just, just keep doing that every single day. And I think people really confuse sharing content like consistently with frequency. I I think as long as you're showing up a couple of times a week and you're adding serious value where you can and you're adding back into the ecosystem by adding into people's comments and starting discussions with your own posts, you don't need to post seven times a week. It doesn't need to be this overwhelming thing that you need to do. And just to be clear, if it does become a to-do, you won't do it. So those would be my kind of top tips. Those are awesome. I think the one thing that on the first point you made there too, and just to help people think about it is like treat every post on LinkedIn as like a networking event, like a mini networking event, like treat it as like you're going to, you would, you're talking to that person at a networking event and you want to have like a good conversation with them. Like it takes like the pressure of like you thinking that it's, that you have to do something crazy, but it's just like, oh, you're just creating a conversation with them. Like, and how you, you can't create a conversation. Like if someone came up to me and said, came to me, if I went to Amelia and said, hey, and then she's like, 
Um, she's like, hi. And then she's like, how are you? And I said, good. And like, there's no conversation there, but I'd be like, oh, hey, Amelia, I saw like, blah, 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 blah. Like, like, and you're doing great stuff. Like, what is your opinion on this? Like then me and her can have a real good conversation. But if you just go, hey, or like, cool. Or like, that's good. Like, what is someone supposed to like continue the conversation with you about? So that's what my opinion on like those things as well. But this has been awesome. Um, I want to give you like the last couple of minutes to talk about yourself and like where people could find you. And yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me for the second time. I am so honored to have been the first person to have appeared twice on the Marketing Millennials podcast. So thank you so much for having me. Um, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Amelia Sordell. I think I'm the only Amelia Sordell in the world. So <laughs> just type in Amelia Sordell and I should be the only person that comes up. And if there's any others, then they're not real. <laughs> 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 That's funny. And how could they, um, like if companies want to do personal branding or refresh their B2B social media, where could they find those resources? So, absolutely. So you can go and follow Clout. Please follow Clout. We love uh, new marketing people coming and following us. We give personal brand tips as, as, as often as we possibly can on the LinkedIn page and also on the Instagram page. And then the new business is called Socially Uncommon, and we'll be sharing B2B social mar- social media marketing tips on LinkedIn and on Instagram as well. Um, so look out for that. With personality, though, I have to say, like, don't expect, like, corporate branded jargon. It's all going to be about the memes and the lists and the things that every single one of you listening will be able to relate to as marketing managers and social media managers. So take a look out for uh, Socially Uncommon and uh, coming to a meme near you. i love it well thank you so much for joining and it's late for you now so what are you doing tonight i know you made some like chicken parm or some oh no egg pie (laughs) parmesan like the the chicken parm apparently is american foods uh um (laughs) (laughs) you're sure you're showing me up daniel we had before this recording of this podcast i was uh shoving food into my face as quickly as i possibly could because it's quarter to 9 p.m in the uk and yes it's uh it's eggplant parmesan well i think that's what you would i don't know what you would call it in italy it's called something different i'm not even going to try and attempt to pronounce it because i'm going to show myself up (laughs) well thank you so much thank you so much for having me 